Some advisors are moving to a more consultative approach, but what is a consultant and how do you get from here to there? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. How can you be the first to know about each week's podcast and get on the list for special listener-only content? It's simple. Go to shiftshapersonline.com and click the subscribe button. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Chad Schneider. Chad is Chief Sales Officer at Code 64. And we asked Chad on the program to talk about something that a lot of us have been bantering back and forth. It's a word that we're all, we've all used or we're all starting to use. And Chad has a lot of expertise around this word because he travels almost nonstop for his company and talks to benefit advisors who are all dealing with this. And that word is consulting. So with that, welcome, Chad. Thanks, Dave. So let's level set. What is consulting, at least from, from what you're seeing in our industry today? Yeah, consulting is a uh, interesting word, that's for sure. There's a lot of different shapes and sizes of that name and you know, a lot of different people are wanting to be consultants and they think they're consultants, but you know, in terms of you know their process and what they do, they're not necessarily consultants. So, I mean, if you look at where benefits are today, there's obviously a lot more difficult conversations that have to happen in the world today than, you know, let's say in the last, you know, 10 years or 15 years. So things like population health management, you know, consumer driven plans, voluntary benefits, you know, benchmarking, compliance, uh, cost sharing structures, all those different aspects, they're all reordering how different brokers are approaching things. So in terms of consulting, and what is it? It really is a methodology. That's at the end of the day, you know, what it, it is. It's not a spreadsheet. I know that uh, there's still a lot of brokers out there that feel they can spreadsheet and just explaining plans is consulting. But at the end of the day, consulting is really a process and a methodology that has a number of steps to it. So let's dig into that a little bit and, and start wherever you prefer with the methodology or the process. If I'm an advisor and I've been traditionally commission-based, traditionally product-based, and I want to move away from maybe both of those things, but certainly I have to move away from being product-based because that's so homogenized these days. What does that methodology, what does that process look like? How do I do that? Sure. That's a great question. So in terms of this process, there's really four main key areas that the broker has to be able to do in order to have a consulting process. And that's everything from a discovery process to analysis, to solution design, all the way over to implementation. So those are those are some of the pieces. Now, of course, every broker, some have a really defined process that they use over and over. And, you know, like a, a good sports team, you know, they've got a 
you know, they, they keep going back to the playoffs and the championship every year because they have this down so well. Some are going to say, I don't have any of these processes in place today. You know, how do I start? So having some level of, you know, discovery analysis, solution design and implementation is really the key. So let's talk about discovery because I really think discovery is probably the single most important piece of them all because you know, discovery is where you ask all the questions, right? It's kind of the old adage, if you don't ask the right question, you don't understand the right pain point. And if you don't understand the right pain point, then you don't know what to go back into. It's kind of like, you know, going into, you know, presentation and, you know, you, or it's, it's a doctor that basically says, here's your prescription. And then you know, the patient says, well, you didn't ask me what was wrong. That's you know, the whole idea. So discovery is really, really key. And discovery is all the data collection and it's all the you know, ability to you know, ask questions and get qualitative insights and do everything from employee feedback surveys and you know, getting the census and the plans and the rates and the contracts. But then it's also interviewing all the key stakeholders and the decision-making team. And it doesn't matter how big or small the company is, whether you have a full C-suite with CEOs and CFOs and COOs, or you're just talking to maybe an owner of a company and an HR person or two, you have to ask all the right questions and get all the right different discovery methodology in order to understand what direction they want to go and you know, kind of who they are and align to their, their stakeholder benefits. So discovery is a really key piece. Now, there's a lot of brokers we've talked to that you know, maybe have a discovery process that maybe they've been using for the last 20 years and, and that's fine but you probably need to tweak it a little bit you know because the the site seller that you used you know a long time ago might not be as relevant today as it was back then but the point is even if you have that that's still a start so discovery is where you all start that process now after you collect all that data and after you put all that information you know, together, the analysis is really where you as a broker can use your intellectual property and intellectual capital to be able to bring something really unique to the table. And that's where you are putting in you know, data modeling. That's where you look at you know, benchmarking. That's where you're basically doing what you do best and taking all your years of experience to uncover opportunities for improvement. It's benchmarking. It's uh, financial you know, forecasting. It's everything from looking at like network performance, maybe some claims benchmarking, predictive modeling, compliance testing, all the legal exposure, all that type of stuff. So the uh, the analysis phase is, is very crucial as well. And then, you know, basically now I've asked the right questions. Now I've done the analysis. What do I do next? And now I got to go in and show them, you know, show the prospect. What is this solution I'm, I'm bringing to the table? So that's the kind of the what if modeling. Here's where you are today, Mr. Employer. There's still a lot of employers today, as we know, that are fully insured. And with all the new self-funding and level funding and using captives and things of that nature, there's a lot of you know, option A, option B, option C. So how do I model out what those look like so I can articulate the value of my work to that different prospect? It's everything from, of course, some of the typical stuff like vendor selection to contribution strategy modeling and plan construction, tying in wellness, you know, putting in some reference-based pricing, and then, of course, you know, picking some vendors, maybe some voluntary benefits as well. So that's now taking all the analysis, taking your brain power, taking all the discovery and putting it into a here's why we think you should go down this path. And then, of course, last is it's got to work, right? The implementation, all the analysis and everything, all, all of that is, is kind of uh, for not 
if it doesn't work the way you want it to work. So the execution of the plan is pretty important. And that's making sure that there are a actual roadmap. It's, it's kind of like going on a trip without a map, right? You know, where do I turn left? Where do I turn right? What exit do I get off and on? And so that's, you know, mapping out all the different communications, making sure all the elections are processed, getting all the government documents filed, all the you know, SPDs and SBCs and all, all the, uh, the, the fun acronyms we get to deal with every day. And then, of course, you know, ongoing communication. Is open enrollment just a one-time event or is it a process for all year and making sure that employees understand? So, so in that cons- you know, consulting process, if you don't have discovery, analysis, solution, design, and implementation, you got to ask yourself, is it really consulting? Well, so let's dial back a little bit and and let me. That's a, that's an awful lot to digest all at once, and it's all good stuff. First question is: Assuming that an advisor has gone down this route and has gone this process, how important is it for them to have a document that they bring out to a prospect to say, kind of right up front, here are the different services, the different solutions that we offer our clients? Yeah, I think it's really important to be able to do something of that nature because there's a lot of clients out there. In fact, I always ask brokers to, you know, I kind of challenge them a little bit. Go to your clients today and you know, survey your top five or ten and ask each of them what you do for them. And if you get something back that's completely and totally different, you know, ten different times, you got to wonder, you know, what type of client engagement model do I have? So being able to have some sort of a, here's what you get, here's my scope of service, here's what I do as a broker, that's really crucial. Now, if we go back to step one, which is discovery, I know that there are advisors who say, well, yeah, I, I have a discovery. I have a yellow pad. I ask a bunch of questions and whatnot. Is it important in today's day and age to have that codified as well, to have something that's that's kind of written down and etched in stone so that you're doing consistent fact finding across all of your prospects and clients? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's paramount. Having the same types of questions and the same types of you know open ended questions to to uncover those you know pain points, you should have it written down. And there again, you know, I've had brokers say, you know, I I started selling life insurance twenty years ago. I still have the same type of site seller, and I still use something of that nature. Maybe I've tweaked it a little bit over the year. You know, that's at least a start. At least it's the same types of questions, so that there is a process to it. But you know, obviously, with you know being in 2016 and looking at the crazy world that we're in and the ever-changing nonstop madness that you know we all deal with every day, you obviously have to tweak that. So, but yes, having the consistent approach that you know can work for any shape and size and in any industry and in any whatever, you know, would be crucial. Of course, you can add some more if it's a you know larger case or you can drop some of the questions if you know it's under like 50 lives but it doesn't really matter you should have the same style approach to be able to say you know whether once again going back to that sports analogy whether i'm playing last year's you know champion or whether i'm playing the worst team in the league last year it's still a game and i still have to play and i still have to execute and now a word from our sponsor Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing health care costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, These groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. 
Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. Well, I'm also wondering if, you know, we're in a very litigious society, if from a defensive point of view, let's just think about this in terms of compliance, which is only one area of the fact finder. But if I have a fact finder that's codified and with every client, I ask the same compliance questions, does that not give me a good defensive posture? Should something blow back at some point? Sure, sure. Absolutely. I mean, very good point. Just from the pure compliance and legal aspects, you definitely should have the ability to, you know, at least make sure it's the same process. Because once again, you're getting at the same types of issues. You know, once again, how I approach it is going to be different. And that's where, you know, you can still be creative. I mean, the nice part about this is it gives you the ability to get the, all the right questions and answers so that you have the ability to be a business owner, be entrepreneurial and be creative, obviously within the letter of the law. But on the same token... The creativity in this industry, let's be perfectly honest, has started to go away to the point where a lot of brokers might be saying, yeah, maybe it's time for me to get out because I just can't even be creative anymore. I can't, I can't be a business owner anymore and I want to be able to still flex my muscle in the market. On the analysis side, on the analysis part of the equation that you doped out, you mentioned things like data modeling and benchmarking, financial forecasting, network performance compliance, all stuff like that. Is that today still solely the province of large group because you can't get at the data if you're dealing in the smaller group market space? Right. I think uh, that's a great question. I would say 50 and above, 50 lives and above is where you can start to at least you know, get some of that data. Obviously, you know, on super small group, you're not going to get you know some of that. But there's a lot of tools and resources out in the marketplace today that have you know predictive modeling and they can take some real tiny data points such as maybe just like a zip code and an industry and how many employees and they can actually do some pretty cool unique stuff that you actually can bring to the table even for under 50 life cases so i believe that it really is something that can be done you know across the board but yes the larger the case the more information that can be received absolutely for someone who maybe hasn't worked with predictive modeling, and I know there are a lot of folks who haven't because for a long time, it was the province of only you know large companies dealing in the jumbo group space. Practically speaking, what does data, uh, predictive modeling rather, do and, and how does that help? Sure, sure. I mean, it's it's kind of a, you know, if you go back to childhood, right, it's like having a crystal ball. It's literally being able to look in and say, I believe that this is going to happen based on these factors. So predictive modeling, essentially, you know, for going down to kind of a one-on-one term is I have millions and millions of data points based on, you know, whatever the factors are that I'm trying to, you know, move forward or convince a client of. And because of the trend and because of, you know, millions of data points and five or 10, 20 years of information, we can 
basically say, based on this industry and this size of an, uh, an employer, these are the types of trends that we believe are going to happen based on that. Of course, anything can happen. And that's the, the variable aspect of, you know, who knows, you know, there might be that one claim or there might be a situation that, that throws it off. But if all things go in a, a normal trend based on all this data, you know, I can now, instead of looking in like the rear view mirror, I can now actually look forward with this somewhat of a crystal ball and say, I believe this is what's going to happen and let's, you know, trudge forward. So gives you the ability to have some really cool insight, which, you know, going back to maybe even the, the whole, you know, interview today, that's really what people are hiring you for is advice and guidance and your analysis of the marketplace, right? It's, it's going to court without an attorney. You know, I don't know anything about, you know, the, the, the going to court and the process and due process a lot. That's why I would hire an attorney. I have no idea about all the details of taxes. That's why I have a CPA. These business owners are looking for a consultant, a, you know, a subject matter expert, and they are looking for us and you to be able to now map out, here's the road for the next two to three years, and here's all the information that we can gather. I mean, I think it's instructive that you put that in the analysis part of the four quadrants that you talk about, because it can inform plan design. It can inform proactive wellness program decisions. What other things might it impact? I mean, would it have an impact on how you find a PBM or how you interact with the existing PBM? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's really no piece of the benefits consulting model that it doesn't touch. And that's, you know, the, the whole aspect. I mean, if you look at all the different areas a broker has to talk about today, or even, you know, consultant, right? Broker slash consultant. There's really six key areas that you almost have to talk about because if you don't, some other consultant is going to be talking about them. And that's everything from being that risk and financial manager. It's benefits communication. I believe that that's probably one of the single largest areas of opportunity a broker has in the arena today is you know, how do I communicate? What are the methodologies? It's tying in wellness. It's tying in technology. Which type of platform do I use? What is the private exchange? What's a Ben admin system? HRIS systems. There's a lot of different you know fields to navigate. Of course, compliance and of course HR. Getting back to you know where HR wants to be instead of putting out fires, maybe looking at like a total reward system and you know the old attraction retention sort of stuff. So. That process is going to help you uncover areas of opportunity in all six of those key areas. So we've got four or five minutes left. Let's let's delve into one of those areas. We don't have time to discuss all of them, unfortunately, but let's talk about technology because I know it's something that a lot of advisors are looking at. They're trying to make intelligent decisions about the technology, the type of technology they bring into their practices, and how they can position that as a value add. You talk to a lot of advisors all over the country. Any insights that you can give on on how that process might operate for an advisor who's just getting started? Yeah, absolutely. I believe that there are really three main buckets of technology that a broker should be looking at, especially whether I'm starting a business or maybe I'm even revamping my, my practice. And there's a lot of tech out there. I mean, you know, I was uh, I was at some meeting, I believe it was maybe an NAHU meeting about a year ago, and, and they were saying that there's 185 different enrollment platforms out in the in the world today. And that's just enrollment. That's not even including all the other type of stuff. So it's a it's a very daunting task if I'm you know new to the industry, or once again, maybe I'm new to technology, which ones do I look at and 
there's only so much spend that you can have without you know tearing your hair out. So I believe that there's really three main buckets that a broker and a consultant should be looking at. One of them is really that sales and marketing tool, more of like a CRM, because these days you have to track win rates and click rates and open rates and, you know, how am I winning so that you can see, you know, what's working, what's not, you know, and tracking that really well. So a CRM is pretty crucial. And then, of course, on the back end, of course, there's that enrollment or, you know, which platform do I use? You know, how do they work with carriers? What type of interface does it have so that I have something more client facing? And then in the world today, there's that more of that consulting automation style you know, platform. That's more of a internal one for a broker as well. And that's for insights and content and analytics and you know, the, uh, the data mining and things of that nature. I believe if you have at least one of each of those, you're going to be in very good shape and position yourself to actually truly be a consultant in this world and beyond. With all that stuff out there, though, how do you determine which is the best piece for you? Well, there are resources out there. So whether you're a member of, you know, an NAHU, they've got like a technology vendor, you know, page where they've already done some of the vetting out. And you can actually see the types of, you know, more popular tools that, you know, more and more brokers are doing. Go into a LinkedIn site and join, you know, one of these, you know, benefit groups, right? You know, that are a bunch of different like-minded people and ask questions about it, you know, talk to some other people in the industry. I mean, you're not going to get on and do, you know, 200 demos with different technology vendors. So you obviously have to start the process somewhere, but there's plenty of resources, whether it's peer-to-peer using a professional association or just some sort of like a, you know, online form to be able to say, hey, who's using this type of information? And, you know, trust me, you ask a bunch of brokers their opinion, I'm sure you're going to get it. Uh, I find that very hard to believe. Yeah, exactly. You and I know lots of brokers. We don't know any of them who are opinionated. Um, (laughs) Right. So, Chad, we've got about a minute, minute and a half left. And we always like to ask, especially the people who deal in the the tech side and the future looking side, what do you see the future looking like in our industry? What does the next three, five years look like to you from from what you see as you travel around the country and speak to advisors? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think at the end of the day, what it really is going to come down to is, you know, we are still in this reinvention of the industry. You know, on a daily basis, there's, you know, articles coming out talking about the disruption and what is the agency going to look like? What's the industry going to look like? And, you know, as newer millennials are coming in and, and they are now the decision makers and, you know, people are starting to either retire or move out, you know, that have been in the industry for 30 years. There's a massive amount of reinvention that's going on as we speak. So I believe it's going to be more technology focused. It's going to be more well-rounded and it's going to be something where I have to start talking about some of these areas that for a long time I have been very afraid to talk about. And that's where kind of the interesting piece of where we are right now. For those that seek those hard-to-talk-about opportunities, they're the ones that are going to thrive. The ones that are fearing them, they're, you know, they got to really look in the mirror and say, well, do I want to stay in this or not? Because you either got to be in the game or, or not. But the, the moral of the story is there's going to be a lot more continuous confusion. You know, it's not like, you know, regardless of who wins the election, there's still going to be you know, massive changes on a daily basis. So looking at it and being able to adapt on a pretty frequent basis is going to be crucial. Great way to leave the interview. Chad Schneider, Chief Sales Officer at Code64. Chad, thanks so much for sharing your expertise with our audience today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.